Hey, what's up, guys? Matt here, along with the Zero Clue Podcast, alongside our founder, Montana Duke, regular contributor, Mr. Zeke Sanchez, and last but certainly not least, Miss Sherry Moore. Here we review TV series, debate our favorite pastimes, and come up with random nerd culture lists. But if you're new here, hit that subscribe button to keep up on our week-to-week kitchen table chats. Tonight, we're going to go over our favorite... Oh, not even our favorite, guys. What are what, what are we going to call this one? Uh, our underappreciated yeah. comic book characters. I think that sums it up pretty well. I think it does too, man. I'm I'm really excited to see what y'all brought to the table. How are we doing today? Doing good. Doing Tomorrow's good? my birthday. We made it through Monday. Happy birthday, Montana. Yes. Happy birthday. Right. So this can be a, a pre-birthday podcast with no tequila. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, all right. So we survived Monday. We're in a. We're recording on Tuesday as usual. We had a great dinner. We have great content. Let's jump into it. Who's going first? Montana. Montana. <laughs> okay. Man, I might, might be a little bit meaty to start off, but <laughs> we will. So I'm bringing to the table today. It's probably someone. Honestly, no one at the table probably knew about it except Matt because I told him about him. Yeah, I had, I had to wiki him. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is Animal Man. And if you think the early renditions of Aquaman was the worst character ever, you should check out early Animal Man. <laughs> what, came, what year did he come out in? Uh, 68 he started. He kind of okay. came about in the British Invasion. Uh not the like music British invasion, but the comic <laughs> British invasion, where they try to just... get away from American, just American-made comics, and kind of get to branch out to everyone else. But he wasn't really seen or known. Little things here and there until uh, Jeff Johns, which Jeff Johns, or sorry, <laughs> Jeff Johns was the one I was talking yes, no, about. I, I got confused there. Sorry, <laughs> Grant. Morrison. Grant Morrison, yes. An English writer yeah, who to, really wanted to take an English character and kind of reverse that purgatory that he was, you know, put in. And if y'all haven't read anything for Grant Morrison in any of his comic stuff across the board, he does some um, amazing... Some amazing books, comics. He does everything. So... The biggest thing that came out, he had a 26-issue uh, run with uh, Animal Man, and the one that got it really going and kept it going was issue five, and it was called the Coyote Gospel. And it's looking at it like at first and not really digging into it, it just looks like a weird comic because you have this coyote character that keeps, keeps getting brutally murdered by this trucker who thinks he's the devil and is bringing him misfortune. So wait, is this Coyote Animal Man? No. So it's just some random coyote? Yeah, Animal Man's just like flying over because he borrowed his power from Bird that he can use for about an hour or so at a time. Depending on <laughs> wait, <laughs> so Animal Man is watching this poor coyote. Yeah, he's flying over and he sees it happen. So, and... With the thing about Animal Man, he's a vegan and he's also an animal rights activist because he's someone who gets his powers from animals. So he does, he has a very strong connection with them. So that's kind of led him to his path. But he's flying over, he sees this creature die. So he flies down and sees it. And as it's brutally murdered, it 
stitches itself back together, gets up, and it's alive. So if that doesn't sound familiar to you and your childhood, it should a little bit. It's a it's kind of a take on the Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner, how he kept literally dying. Yeah, that was actually kind of violent looking back. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the underlying tones of this is like, kind of you can take from it as like how much needless violence there was in early cartoons for, like, especially out of that. But what we find out about this uh, coyote is that he's actually from the cartoon world and he talks to his creator and is talking against all the needless violence. And so what the creator says is you can take on pretty much all the sins of all the others and take away their pain and they will never die or get hurt in the comics and one. But I'm going to send you to the real world where... <laughs> pain and death are a much more real thing and you're gonna have to literally be killed and die over and over again man maybe you shouldn't have gone first i told you Dang, this, that is this, deep. There, it is and that's what grant morrison does he looks at all these different meta and breaks the fourth wall and like he won a pulitzer with this uh this run this so like episode, the fifth comic of this deadpool with an agenda and a conscience yeah Kind of, kind of. But what? Okay, what year? You said Animal 60. Man came out in 1968. When did Grant Morrison do this run? In the 80s. In the 80s. Well, he was doing great work in the 80s. Yeah. Too, so. so he did. It was like mid 80s that he took over. And yeah. So there's a lot of um, reference to like Christianity and religion on kind of. That's why it's the Coyote Gospel. Like he tries to give him this he give the coyote gives animal man the scroll around his necks and he's trying to hand it to him pretty much like showing his him his religion and all animal man can say is i can't understand this i so it's kind of that because i guess that gap between a lot of people and religion and stuff like that where people are trying to tell someone about another religion like i don't understand it so i i'll never go with it kind of thing so there's so many underlying and i'm not going to go into it more because if you kind of find this intriguing which really me going in and doing more research about this made me want to go back and really read his run and kind of dig into it a little bit more because there's so much underlying tones and there's so many different things and honestly when i started like looking into animal man this wasn't what got me into animal man i got into animal man when it started in the new uh 52 uh, run with the new DC kind of explosion and reamping and rechanging up a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, uh, sorry, I'm Googling while you're talking about Animal Man. It's just like mostly speaking to the power of Grant Morrison. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure we could do a whole podcast on stuff he's done for comic books and stuff, but. He, he brings uh, a lot of the same tone, like, same. Uh, tones into all of his different comics that breaking the fourth wall he does it in a couple different stuff and all right so we have the origins of this guy we have what books we need to read of this guy but why do you like animal man honestly yes. or why should we like animal man i guess is is the real question well he's his name's buddy baker he is a working class man who works as a stuntman so he's just kind of this average joe who's a vegan a vegan and animal rights activist um so he probably does crossfit no 
Why does he need to? He takes on the power of animals. He doesn't need to. That's true. Like, he can telepathically link with the different creatures, and they go into some crazy stuff and some of his different stuff where he takes on the power of this uh, this different uh, bacteria that self-replicates, and he self-replicates himself and stuff. So (laughs) they go a little crazy in some of the stuff, and then the other stuff it's a little bit more. But like I was saying, I got into it in 52, and honestly... Why I started reading and why I picked up the first issue of Animal Ever was just the cover of the first issue. The artwork was awesome. And that draws me into a comic a lot. It's just that front cover. You're like, I need this. Yeah, like you see it and you're like, that's awesome. I want to read it. I want to know what's about this. So we'll make sure to... Uh, we're, let's find that cover and we'll make that part of our Instagram post. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll plug that again later for you guys. But if you're listening, you gotta you gotta see these covers because what he's talking about is actually pretty cool. I, I would want to read it from that. Yeah, it's just go check it out. Like I'm gonna go pick up. There's a the what are they called? The big the omniverse of that omnibus. Issue. Yeah, omnibus of that. 26 run 26 run so it's not a whole lot it's not too much to get into but it's also going to be a lot to read because there's so many underlying concepts that he brings in well I mean that started it off that started off kind of dark yeah (laughs) but if you know me and my tones that I normally go with I'm drawn (laughs) to that I don't know why I think it's intriguing and I like seeing different concepts that not everybody else has already done and that's why I really like this it's really feels like something that I haven't seen. No, I like it. It's very unusual, and it's a great way to, to kick off this kind of a conversation. So let's segue to our next person. Uh, who's going to be it? I'll be it. All right, Zeke, way to go. Take one more for the team. <laughs> um, I'm doing the Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Okay. I... Another Mexican superhero, eventually. We will get, yeah, we will get there. Um, I actually did start liking the Blue Beetle after watching uh, Young Justice. Such a good We were were talking about how he came in on season two. Um, Liked him in Young Justice, and it wasn't until Teen Titans versus Justice League I saw that movie. And then I, yeah, it was a solid, solid movie. Uh, And I was like, wow, I really want to look into. Uh, Jaime Reyes, who's playing Blue Beetle in the movie, and also his other uh, uh, was Ted Ted Cord and um, iterations iterations of uh, Ted Cord and I only know of Ted Cord um, and Jaime. Darn it, um, Dan Garrett. Dan Garrett was the original Blue Beetle. Oh yeah, so that's uh, way back. That's, yeah, that's no, that starts in 1939. That was all the way back oh, in 1939. Wow. Oh, so he was um, one of the first yeah, Fox Comics. He was in the first uh, issue of Mystery Men comics. Wow. Um, that was Dan Garrett. I didn't think he went that far back. That's no, actually surprising to me. That's like when everything started. Like Batman was, what, the year? This, that same year, wasn't he? Wasn't his 50? Around that. I'm looking at it. I'm um, going to look it up. Golly, he's old. But yeah, and Dan Garrett actually had powers from the Scarab. Um, an actual scarab, though, right? Actual scarab, yeah. yes. Um, he's uh, his student, uh, Ted Cord, takes on the mantle of uh, Blue Beetle, and he's actually powerless. He does not have powers from the scarab, and he uses his intelligence to come up with gadgets. 
so he has um, another Batman esque. Another Batman esque. Okay. Which looking in, doing my homework, I was like, hey, I kind of like this uh, Ted Cord guy. I mean, having no powers, brains, similar to Batman. I mean, you can kind of relate to him. Yeah. It's like it's gonna. It, it would be possible to be a hero like uh, Ted Cord's Blue Beetle. So, what year did Blue Beetle come out? You said I want to say thirty nine. Yeah, that was by Fox Comics. Yeah, Batman came out thirty nine as well. Okay. And I think mm. Superman might have been the year after. Mm-hmm. At 40. Golly. So it's about to be 80 years. I double checked on yeah. it. 80 it was years. 1939. And it, it wasn't until wow. 1950 that Fox went out of, Fox Comics went out of business and it was bought by Charleston. Okay. And then Char, uh, DC ended up buying, buying out Charleston. But uh, yes, I mean, and it's people even said super smart intelligence equal or maybe even past uh, Bruce Wayne. Uh, you kind of wouldn't notice that in the comics because he was a funny character in the comics. Right. His intelligence was kind of overshadowed. Do you... Th- huh. I, like, since he's so old, I wonder if that's where Stan Lee got the idea for Ant-Man. So he's smart, and he's a bug. I don't know. Those, <laughs> those are the only things I can really draw to. Well, yeah. And he's funny. You know, he's early, funny. in any early comics, that's what they did. Is DC came out with something and Marvel copied it to us extent. Which that could yeah. be a future episode right or there. Or vice versa. <laughs> if Marvel came out with something, DC tried to combat it with yeah. something else. And they just went back and forth. I just, I never realized Blue Beetle had so much history. Yeah. Um, it, it, funny thing, I mean, intelligence, and then even, funny thing, Dick Grayson um, compliments uh, Ted Cord. Um, on his um, acrobatic skills, I mean, on the and he even says acrobatic he was so. I mean, he even says yeah. he, he. I don't think he was ambidextrous, but Dick Grayson says that like, he was pretty close to being ambidextrous, being able to use both his with his hands and fighting. Huh. So I mean, so he has Bruce Wayne smarts, Nightwing's mobility. Mobility. Yeah. So I mean, that's already pretty good. That's hero pretty. Right cred- there. That's, that's pretty credible right there. Um, and again, I mean gadgets. He used. I mean, he had suction cup pads. Early, <laughs> come on. Sight, 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 I mean, sight enhancing lenses. Um, his helmet. If he came became unconscious, I mean, he his helmet couldn't come off. Um, he had a special chip in his gloves that he would that he that had he had he, like had, he had to touch. Uh, there was like a button on the bottom of his uh, lower so no jaw, one ever out his so that they couldn't find out his identity. <laughs> crazy, yeah, crazy. Could have been a mask like Batman, um, pull yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, he had his BB gun, which BB he could gun. he could blind. I mean, Blue Beetle gun, whatever. Um, it could blind. <laughs> that could blind. Uh, oh, Blue Beetle. Yeah, yeah Blue Beetle okay. gun. He could blind. Like, um, shoot little pellets of people. Yeah. <laughs> like blind the bad guys. Um, and he had a he had the bug, which was his like aircraft ship. Oh well, you know, he went really strong into his uh, his uh, theme, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but no, but but I mean, wrong with that. yeah, and then, and then he ends up dying in an Infinite Crisis. Yep. Um, but before that, he meets up with Booster Gold. A lot of people we died can, in Infinite Crisis. Yeah, a lot of people died. Meets up with Booster Gold. He helps out the Birds of Prey. So he who wouldn't? Yeah, he helps out the Birds of Prey. Um, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then comes after he dies about a year later we get Jaime Reyes in about 2006 so do they 2006 so this is like a new 52 hero Jaime 
Jaime, yeah, it's New 52. New 52. Okay, so did they kind of, like, do a retcon, like, he redo how his powers work? It's the backpack, or the... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Scarab ends up... He ends up, I think he's on his way to school, or he's in El Paso, Texas, and uh, yeah, the Scarab's in a backpack, and it ends up just latching onto his back, and he... The suit comes out of the, from, the scarab. From what I remember from watching some of the stuff is what Tim Curry found that backpack and started tweaking and working on it. And it literally just like flies off and Jaime finds it. Jaime finds it. And that's why it's not because it's from outer space and it's from that alien race. It's an alien. Out. And from season two of Young Justice, and that's the reason why it's he's able to use it and it doesn't take him over immediately is because Tim Curry messed with it, tweaked with it, and yeah. learned how to control it. Alien, so, yeah, yeah, alien technology, and I mean, and you could say he is, I mean, Jaime Reyes is Blue Beetle. He's kind of a mix between like a Spider-Man and a Green Lantern. I mean, that suit is able to do so many things. I mean, GPS tracking, uh, the tracking system. He can, un- he can understand different languages uh, oh, yeah. all, all, all around the world. Uh, beams that it shoots out. He can send emails. He sends emails to Booster Gold <laughs> in the comics. So he's got, pretty he's, funny. Got a, he's got a little bit of cyborg in him. Yeah, too. cyborg energy blast. Um, he can. He, he's got a healing factor. One funny thing is he, his suit has uh, like a waste disposal. Like he can use the restroom and in the suit if you wanted to and get rid of waste which is funny I thought it was hilarious that's sounds convenient honestly yeah um, wait so you can just take a dump yeah oh my god so <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hey, hilarious you're in the middle of a big wow. fight it's taken hours you can't do anything about it yeah. hey at least you have that if you're so, Superman what do you do he cannot got tight wear <laughs> he can't wear yeah. underwear no, he's no. freeballing everywhere Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's a logistical nightmare. What if he's like sweating and stuff in there? I, I think don't... if it, I guarantee it has like cooling. It's got cooling. Oh, cool. It's like that one song, it... Black Beetle, in this but, movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, you get that you get that Spider-Man feel because he's a younger younger kid, and then I mean, the suit basically, I mean, it's basically like a Green Lantern. Iron, you get an Iron Man feel, kind of. Um, comic books, I mean, Booster Gold, Blue and Gold. Uh, Blackest Night, um, Crisis, uh, Infinite Crisis. I mean, that's going to get you a lot of stuff on Blue Beetle. Say so they did a very like Iron Fist, Luke Cage kind of take on that. Like they took two characters that weren't super popular and paired them together uh, to see if they yeah. looked better. And it was yeah. great. I mean, well, yeah, those two like Mister Gold and Blue Beetle, both those like very comic relief, yeah. like quirky but fun superheroes. Mm-hmm. So what was what was it about Blue Beetle that made you choose him for a talk tonight besides like the normal hero superheroes that i grew up with um again seeing them in young justice i was like wow i really want to know more about him also he was jaime, jaime reyes i mean hispanic from texas i thought that was pretty cool yeah we don't have many yeah. of those pretty cool touch <laughs> um so yeah, I went into this wanting to look up more about Jaime Reyes, but then I ended up looking up Ted Cord, and I was like, wow, like he's more relatable. He's kind of like, I mean, Bru- I mean, like a Bruce Wayne kind of hero. More relatable. More relate. Jaime's from El Paso, bro. Well, not more relatable, but he's got the scarab suit. Gotham isn't real. Yeah, he's got the scarab suits. <laughs> I mean, Ted Cord. I mean, he had to make his own make his own yeah, gadgets. Yeah, yeah. So, 
No, man, like I really like that. That's a cool pick and kind of a, a hero that we're seeing more of lately. You know, we see him in Young Justice. I think we see him in Injustice, the... The video, video game. game? Injustice yeah. 2, he's in it. Yeah, okay. he is in it. So, yeah, so we're starting to see him a little bit more. He feels a little bit popular. And there is a lot of love for uh, I mean, Blue Beetle now, especially with Jaime Reyes. Um, Those Hispanic heroes are getting a lot of love. That's really important to me. And that's important to see. Viva La Rasa, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, let's go next. That means me? Yeah, it means you. (laughs) Okay, well, I picked Dr. Harleen Quinzel, technically. Oh, yeah. Um, She originally appeared as the character of Batman in the animated series in 92. Such a good show. (laughs) I I put it on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I still you and Riley on. definitely have watched <laughs> no, it a couple times series? Saturday morning. Yeah, we've yeah. gone through, I think, all four The seasons. best thing about it being on Amazon is I think they're in order. They're out of order from when we saw it growing up, but like in it's chronological, chronological order. order. It's in chronological order, which yeah. is great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but um, I mean, one of the main reasons I picked her, what got me into Harley was the, like Montana was talking about, was the New 52 and to give you guys a rundown of that, I mean, basically she was inherited this co- this building in Coney Island, and her sidekick was a beaver friend, and only she could hear him. Was a what? A beaver. A beaver? <laughs> like a... Like an animal fairy beaver, because she's actually an animals activist, too. <laughs> Even though her, you know, Joker, obviously, isn't necessarily one, but... So she also, you know, rescues a dog along the way. Um, along the way, basically, she gets on this roller derby team to help pay for her rent there. <laughs> so it was That's a really funny cool. story. Like, I really liked it. Who doesn't it. like roller derby? <laughs> but then she got kicked out for being too violent. So Too violent that roller happened. derby. Wow. <laughs> um, but, I mean, alongside, you know, obviously being the villain with Joker, I mean... She always has a laugh, laugh, last laugh. Um, she actually has a degree, unlike most of the other villains. Um, I like her relationship with Poison Ivy. She's really, actually that got- was one of the things that I didn't know how I liked it. Like, well, I think I'm supposed to find it super sexy that like they're with each another, other. Well, <laughs> honestly, honestly, it, honestly, it's another one of those Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist things. They took a couple of villains that. They can't stand alone. Like, it's hard for Harley Quinn or Poison Ivy to stand alone in the comics. Right. Especially himself. Poison Ivy. Yeah, like, no one cares about her. Like, but you throw her, Poison Ivy, Catwoman you know, got together. got that kind of sexy. You they're like, oh, let's turn the page. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least that's how I felt. Well, no, so. no, that is. That's Gotham City Sirens. Yeah. Like, they have, they have a cool series now. You're right. And then uh, the Mad Love comics, she actually got closer to killing Batman than the Joker. Oh, yeah. Because they were going to, like, feed him to piranhas, and so they were going to hang him upside down, but then it didn't work out. Because <laughs> <It never laughs> he's Batman. Yeah, yeah so he always somehow, you know, escapes. But but she's not so bad anymore. Like, you were talking about the new 52. They kind of, like, kind of changed her to more like a anti-hero rather than, yeah, like, more like, Joker's problem. sidekick, right? Yeah. Even in Injustice, she becomes... Yeah, and then, yeah, and then and, Justice and, and, too. She becomes she's more on the like good side. Yeah. So yeah, they definitely another tweener. Yeah, I like it. Uh, <laughs> I like there's every reason to like her. Yeah, and I mean obviously for the DCEU Suicide Squad movie, um, she was famously voiced by Tara Strong. So obviously you can hear lots of that throughout the movie. 
So that was pretty cool. Um, she's also in Gotham City Sirens, uh, Justice League. A super horrible, horrible movie that came out. Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, I, I mean, mean, like she didn't do a bad job. Like, it wasn't like, awful. The but... villain was awful. Well, you could this... see Margot Robbie really tried. Yeah, in Suicide Squad, and and you are right. She had that awesome homage to what Terry Strong yeah. set up for her. But they didn't There's give anyone any growth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of a, hey, yeah. here's this. And, and they put her in so hopeful because she's hot. So Let's put her in as little clothes. Well, I mean, that's the way they draw her now, too. Like, yeah. the, the comic we're looking at, like... Yeah. She's in her roly derby outfit. That's basically the same thing she's wearing in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has the daddy's little girl shirt on, but yeah. basically, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, reading more into her, I actually read that, and she has a comic little black book number four, where it's like based out of World War II, World War Two, and she actually beat up Hitler. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. Cool. So Captain um, America's not the only one to get a piece of Hitler. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, basically, I always say approach everything with a smile, and that's what Harley does. So. <laughs> you know why not <laughs> yeah. alright I like it that's that's solid like we got what we need to read we got why you like it and we all know she's a good character like I just she's I, definitely gained a lot of, like for a character that only came out in the 90s from the anime like, and she from, the anima- from the animated to series from the animated series character no, but, but actually everyone like everyone her, liked yeah. her so yeah. then they kept like for such a new character and have so much like following she does she has a huge following yeah your character came out in 39 <laughs> your like character came history. out in 68 <laughs> yeah and your 92, character came out that's in like 30 years gap literally yeah. like, so uh yeah you know <laughs> no, last but not awesome. least let's find out what yours is mine is um not as much of a meme as Animal Man, but he's lame. He also didn't have Montana be nice for him. Montana's always a hate. Be nice, Montana. Okay, so um, I was gonna do Batgirl, but I could. Would Batgirl is one of my favorite comic book characters ever, but I for this episode I had to talk about Hawkman. Don't laugh. <laughs> see that. Montana. Hawkman <laughs> is my dude. All right. Let me fly around and hit you with my mace. <laughs> I hate you. All right. So, you know, Hawkman, like um, two of y'all's chosen characters, he came out in 19... Well, he, he's an older character, but he came out in 1940. Um, I mean, he's been a part of, like, every super team it was Justice League, uh, Justice Society, Justice League of America. Yeah, um, I mean, he's been around. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's, around forever. He's been on, I think, the Super Friends Super TV yes, show. But also for being on as much as he has, he has so little <laughs> popularity. I know. Well, a lot of it, like, his origin story, like... <sighs> makes no sense like i was saying earlier you kill me now but i'll see you in a hundred years <laughs> well see that's not how he started out like there's there's so many different stories and so weak character development what really turned me on to this character what really saved it was like the now he's the creative director of dc um joff johns yeah what we were talking about earlier um he was he he took over Hawkman for a little bit and he had, he had a co-writer I don't remember his name um, but Joff Johns was the, the name on the project 
uh, in 2002, they came out with a series called Endless Flight. And that book totally changed everything. Like, they basically retconned Hawkman from being this weird, like, is he an alien? Is he a cop? Is he this? Is he that? And they just came up with something better. Well, I I think they kind of hinted to it prior to that, like, in the early 90s. But, you know, with Infinite Crisis, or Crisis on Infinite Earth, and, like, all this other stuff going on. They wanted a clean slate. So, essentially... I'll give you all a quick version. I don't want to go through every book because I know we're running low on time. Essentially, Hawkman is a an Egyptian prince, which there's not very many of in comic books. And his lady is an Egyptian princess. And the two of them fight this priest. I mean, this sounds a lot like... Um, the Scorpion King, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> like those bad uh, mummy movies. But, um, so he curses them and the, the three of them are interlocked in an ongoing battle forever and it shows them in the Wild West. It shows them in ancient Rome. It shows them, you know, nowadays, like it goes through all of their reincarnations. And I just love it. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but it, it really sold me. I love the hot man and hot girl paired together, fighting all the time. Um, well, I make fun of the reincarnation thing, but it's, it is cool because it's Hawkman and Hawk Girl, they always die. And they get reborn, and they don't know each other, but then they, no matter what, they always end up finding each other again. Yeah. And then they become I, together, and that's when they die again, though. Yeah. That's the part that I did like, and I think they tried that in Legends of Tomorrow. Kind of, yeah. They, but that is so bad. It's a terrible. It's so bad. But um, and then you get into like Endless Flight was a great run, and then it kind of fell off again because Geoff Johns left the project. Then we get to New Fifty Two. He's rewritten again like everybody he does have a cool power like instead of like running to get his mace and his mask and stuff the armor is like in his body so like basically he just like powers up he goes super saiyan and he has all of his hawk armor on and it that was really cool of course you would like that heck yeah man oh why wouldn't you like that you got your armor on you he also also streams about five episodes before it comes on (laughs) (laughs) i mean the the thing that hawkman really suffers from is you know he he has nobody to really fight like the the villains weak the character development was there but he just kind of fell off and if you go back if you look up endless flight i think it's like 12 or 13 dollars on amazon it is totally 100 percent worth every dollar you'll thank me i love it and i wish they could just redo hawkman well, I think they're kind of trying to now with DC Metal. They can just, like we've talked about in the past, they give him a cool villain like Black Adam. Dude. Like, Black he Adam. Fit, he would still fit the timeline of... It would like, be awesome. Whatever. It would be awesome. I just... I could go on about that. I could, I could redo Hawkman for an hour. But, I mean, I think that kind of sums it up. Uh, I want to cut the episode off here before we get into some overtime. 
Um, so we went around the table, Montana with Animal Man, Zeke with Blue Beetle, and Shri with, I almost called you Harley <laughs> on accident <laughs> whenever I looked over, uh, Shri with Harley Quinn, and me with Hawkman, uh, the most important one, I would think. <laughs> anyway, sure. wrapping up the session. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Let's go around the table real quick, guys. Do we have any closing thoughts? Thank you again, and it's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot, oh. I forgot to say, um, not only is it Montana's birthday tomorrow, but go look him up on Twitch, because he is now an affiliate. That's like the big leaks, <laughs> if you don't know. Yeah, it means we get paid. <laughs> it means we could get paid. Could get paid. <laughs> could get paid. That's yeah. why you go follow. Yes. So if you have Amazon Prime, it costs you no money. Just go subscribe to them, please. Yeah. It takes two seconds to do. Just playing Final Fantasy X. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've been following it. I think uh, we just beat uh, Seymour today, right? In the Comlands. Oh, like it's good. 1992. <laughs> All right. Uh, Zeke, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I just can't wait for next week. I'm going to try to catch Montana on Final Fantasy X. Unfortunately, <laughs> he streams during the day when I'm at work, but I try to catch him in the evenings when he rarely streams. That's why we all have smartphones. Jared, any closing thoughts? Nope. Nope. All right. <laughs> well, guys, we want to end the night by saying thank you to all of our listeners. Y'all's support is definitely our encouragement to keep doing this. Um, again, just subscribe to keep up with our weekly episodes. Come watch our progress on Instagram and Twitter as we build the brand. Um, oh, SoundCloud as well. Sorry, I, I don't know why I never plugged that one. Kind of what we're doing right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Twitch. Like, it will be on YouTube in the next few weeks, too. So, like, if if it's your social media, we're on it. Please come and follow. Um, we are the Clueless. And we'll be seeing you all again for next week's episode. Good night, guys.